Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Taylor Rapp, former Washington Husky defensive back, and you are tuned in to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 37 of the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. I am here joined with my co-host, Bennett. Say hello, Bennett. Hello, hello. And we do not have Omari again this week. Uh, this is sad, but, you know, life is life, and we will hopefully have him next week. Uh, we're just going to jump right into it with our sort of only game action that we get from Seattle uh, this time of year uh, with our Seattle Seahawks. Uh, prior to game information, we learned that Greg Olson, ooh, excuse me, Greg Olson returns to practice. Uh, this is less than a month after he was placed on IR, sort of a miraculous comeback. Didn't really expect to see him back until playoffs. Um, then the team signs uh, two offensive tackles to the practice squad and Wyatt Miller and Andrew Jones uh, and Rashad Penny and Demontre Moore were both activated on Saturday to play uh, to be to be part of the active roster, pardon me. Uh, and then the game day inactives were wide receiver Penny Hart, right tackle Brandon Shell, which is sort of a big piece of news there if you know anything about Washington and their defensive line, and especially uh, Bennett's scariest foe, uh, Chase. Uh, pardon me, Chase Young. <laughs> I almost said Claypool. Uh, guard Phil Haynes was also part of the inactives, as well as safety Demarius Randall and the defensive end Jonathan Bullard. Let's get right into game recap here. The first quarter would only see a 43-yard field goal from Jason Myers uh, with 8.50 to go in the opening period uh, to give Seattle a score of 3-0 going into the second quarter. The second quarter would see another Jason Myers field goal with 10.52 from 40 yards out to give Seattle a 6-0 lead. Then we skip all the way to a minute and 45 before the half where Russell Wilson would find uh, tight end Jacob Hollister with a fastball for the touchdown from 10 yards out to give Seattle a 13 to three lead. Uh, and then just before half uh, Washington would have kicker Dustin Hopkins score a 48 yard field goal to give us a, Ooh, I said 13 to three earlier. I am wrong. The halftime score would be 13 to three uh, Seattle up only 10 there. Sort of not exactly firing on all cylinders on offense, but still with a 10 point lead. Uh, going into that third quarter, that would change as with 13-12 to go, running back Carlos Hyde would take the ball 50 yards on a rumbling touchdown. Uh, 50 yards is the most uh, on the ground that he's covered in his career on a sort of run, so sort of big thing for Carlos there. And honestly, probably one of the longer runs I've seen, at least than I can remember, from a Seahawk in a bit, mm-hmm. uh, to push Seattle to a 17-point lead, 20-3, and that would, again, be the only score of the quarter. So going into the final period, uh, right away the scoring starts in the fourth quarter, 46 seconds into the fourth. Washington would have running back Peyton Barber punch in a uh, touchdown from one yard out to bring the game with 11, within 11 points as kicker Dustin Hopkins would miss the extra point. Uh, and then former running back J.D. McKissick, former Seahawks running back, would catch a six-yard touchdown pass on the exact same play that the Giants would run with Alfred Morris uh, to score two weeks ago, but then they would go for two and fail to put the score at 20 to 15, kind of a bizarre uh, point differential there. So if you, if you take the points that were left off the board there uh, with the missed extra point and the missed two point, it'd be down by three. And I believe that Washington missed a field goal earlier in the game. So then you'd, you'd be looking at a tie game here if all goes well for Washington, but obviously it didn't. Uh, Washington would have one last chance, uh, one last drive to win the game under a minute but would fail to put the ball in the end zone and Seattle would hold on to win 20 to 15. Uh, Seattle would clinch their ninth playoff berth in 11 seasons. Uh, 
and just it was uh from what i can tell just because i had to listen to this game on the radio uh just sort of seemed like one of those games where things all production on both sides of the ball seemed to drop off in the second half or fourth quarter in particular and um and one of those let's just hold on games which i think we've voiced on here that we don't really don't enjoy that um stat leaders russell wilson obviously led in passing uh 18 for 27 121 yards one touchdown one interception a lot less stellar uh than perhaps what we'd like to see uh chris carson would lead in rushing with 15 attempts and 63 yards uh dk would lead in receptions with five receptions for 43 yards and dj reed at corner well dj reed and shaquille griffin would be tied in the turnover department with both one interception each uh so let's just get into it um Obviously, with the uh, whole clinching the playoff berth, ninth time in 11 seasons and eighth time in uh, nine seasons. Uh, so it was kind of interesting to see DJ Reed actually said something about this. Uh, I'll ask the question, what needs to happen in your mind to have this be a successful season? Because DJ Reed, uh, to, to bring out up again, DJ Reed said that if they don't reach the Super Bowl this year and win it, that the season was a failure. There's a lot of um, – I've seen a lot of talk in recent weeks just because uh, I think you know Evan Hill. Uh, he always sort of brings up the point, mm-hmm. if you're not, you know, making deep playoff runs That's with Russell guy. Wilson, you know, when you've got him at this level, then it should be considered a failure. And then there's a lot of, oh, you know, you should just be grateful for winning and all that, and they made the playoffs. But I'll say my piece. What what are, what are your thoughts here? What needs to happen for this – season to be considered a successful one, Bennett? Um, I I don't know. Okay, you got to erase the one and done thing. I am so tired of winning the wild card game in the playoffs, or not even wild card first week game playing against the wild card seed. It's getting tiring. Um, playing against a subpar team like the Eagles or the Giants or the Redskins. Ooh, pardon me. <gasps> Fine. Classic. Hey, they shouldn't have had the name to begin with. Sorry. Um... And I'm tired of playing teams like that and going on to play the Packers and just choking it. Uh, I agree with Evan here, Evan Hill, Mr. Evan Hill. He makes a lot of hot takes, but um, the ones where he criticizes the team for not utilizing Russell Wilson correctly and the ones where he criticizes the team for simply just mismanaging football games and mismanaging seasons as a whole, I do agree with. It's... uh, it's ridiculous to call even this game a success, I think, and we can get into that deeper later. Uh, but just talking about a season, this is like a microcosm of how our seasons usually go. We start off so hot, and then we kind of mm. just fizzle out. And, you know, you look at the last quarter of this game, we had the Carlos Hyde 55-yard touchdown, of course, which um, was nice to see. Carlos Hyde's an explosive running back who's apt to do that. That was the longest Excuse me. That was the longest touchdown by any uh, Seahawks player. Uh, long, longest rushing touchdown by any Seahawks player this entire season. I think it was like actually the longest rushing play this season as well. So props to him for that. But outside of that, that entire fourth quarter was abysmal. It was just terrible. There was nothing going on for either side of the ball. You let Logan Thomas drop 101 yards in you throughout the entire game. I'm not saying Logan Thomas isn't a pretty decent tight end but what i am saying is that you have the talent to stop a guy like that what are you doing why are you letting him get 101 yards why are you letting 
Dwayne Haskins look like Mike Vick running all over you in the fourth quarter. I don't get it. I don't get it. Why are you letting J.D. McKissick, a guy you cut, run all over you in the fourth quarter? It's ridiculous. Why You, you cannot get this mindset that you're just going to cruise through the rest of the game. And, like, I think, to me, a successful season looks like keeping the pedal down for the entire season. Yep. Not letting up just because you're in a comfortable spot and you can get the playoffs. There's still some positioning to be done here. Obviously, we're not going to get the first week by because they changed the rules, which was... And it's, like, very unlikely. You need, I think, uh, the Saints and the Packers both need to lose an NFC game. And uh, it would have started with the Packers helping us and losing out to the Panthers, but obviously that didn't happen. So it's, I think they need to lose. I'll go check on it, but uh, go ahead. Uh, the Saints have to lose to the Vikings next yeah, week. Yeah, which I doubt. And then uh, the week after that, the week after that, the Packers have to lose to the, uh, I don't know. The, I'm just looking at it. I don't even know. Ty- oh, they have Bears. to lose to the Bears, so. which I doubt. You know, it's uh, just looking at both uh, of those games. I think what's so considering. What? I'm just saying, looking at that, you're not going to get the first round by. Yeah. And. Like, oh, I was just going to say, like, with how this is going, with, like, the one, as you mentioned, the one bye, I think everybody knows that now. So they're like, yeah, we can't just rest everybody in week 17 now, considering the implications, you know. So Which makes it interesting, but it doesn't make it interesting for us. Cause no, us it's like, okay, you know, is, I think the highest you're going to get is probably the three seed. So, yeah, you know. Very unlikely for you to get the two. Or the one. <laughs> impossible for you to get the one. Yeah, And that's on Pete Carroll for choking away the Giants game, which was just an embarrassment. For losing to the Cardinals and the Rams. God forbid we lose to the Niners next week or two weeks from now. Oof. And you mean, I mean, yeah, okay, winning the division would mean a lot, but actually in the playoffs now it wouldn't really mean anything because um, of how the playoffs were structured this year. Pretty much. Um which I have my own qualms with, but whatever. If that's how it is, that's how it is. got to play how the league is structured. Pete Carroll, it, it feels like he's always making win-now decisions with John Schneider, but we can't win now. We've struggled to win now. You make win-now moves like trading away your two first-rounders for Jamal Adams. You make win-now moves like getting Carlos Dunlap. What are you going to do when you coach so poorly that you almost lose to the Washington football team's second-string quarterback? What are you going to do when you lose to the Giants' second-string quarterback, who, by the way, is behind Daniel Jones, who is no stud at quarterback? I, I just, to me, it is so mind-blowing that this team continues to find ways to either lose games that shouldn't have even been close, or to 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 have games be close that shouldn't have been blow should have been blowouts. It is, and yeah, okay, I will give one thing to Seahawks: we win random games that just we have no business winning. Uh, like the Patriots game multiple years ago, the, the Chiefs, Chiefs game, game two years ago, two years ago, we win games that are just like statistically improbable for us to win. That's pretty cool. We also lose games that we just sh- simply should not use lose. So this week, what I'm looking at, like you said, what makes a successful season? DJ Reed's got a point. Uh, winning the Super Bowl would be pretty sweet. You spent a lot of money on this season. You spent a lot of draft picks on this season. If you don't get the Super Bowl this year, you look kind of like chumps. Or even if you don't make a deep playoff run this year, you kind of look like chumps. 
unless you somehow miraculously find a way to extend all the guys that you've got this season outside of Greg Olson, who obviously is a retirement candidate. Probably. Um, I promise this rant I'll be done in a second. I just want to get to the end of it. Um, I think what success looks like this season is getting to the NFC championship game. I actually don't really care if we win or not. Um, going to the Super Bowl will be sweet. And winning the Super Bowl will be even sweeter. It's kind of weird that as a Seattle Seahawks fan, I don't expect it. <laughs> like, I don't think it's going to happen because there's just so much competition in the NFC right now that is fierce and uh, would be hard to beat even at the first level of the playoffs. Like, the Bucks are a threat. Uh, the Vikings, if they somehow make it, are a threat. I don't think they will, but if they do somehow. Um... Are they even in the run still? Ooh. The Vikings? Ooh. Um, uh-oh, I'm going to sneeze. Bless you. Excuse me. Uh, let me look. We can drop the sound out there. I uh, I don't even know if they're in the running. I, I really don't think so. I think the Bears would be higher than them. They are. I think it's the Bear. I think really it's the Cardinals, Rams, and Tampa Bay that we do. Let's look. So to play Ooh. those guys... Oh, wait a minute. How many? It's eight guys. Well, technically, if the Bears, hmm, they're only one game behind the Bears. I guess if the Bears lose out and the Vikings win out, they could pretty much. Yeah. Um, but anyways, all those teams are competitive teams that could beat the Seahawks. So I have a hard time believing we even make it to the Super Bowl. But um, going to the NFC Championship to me is a, what I would measure success by this season. That means. You're Super Bowl ready. You didn't quite make it this year. Regroup, get some of these key players back on for next year, and start to manage your team a little better so you can go out there and actually have a better shot at winning the Super Bowl than you did this year. It's, you know, I just... Another thing that I I don't know if I can say casual fan again, but I see all... Uh, you should just be happy with going to the playoffs. No, like in, in everything in life, if you're sitting there and you're being complacent, what is the point? I, I hate being complacent. I hate just sitting there and say, oh, this is fine. I want to constantly improve. Oh, oh my God. What, who was it? Um, there's a great quote. Uh, what is it? Let me find out who it was. Uh, my poorly typed English. Herm Edwards, you play to win the game. You don't sit here for your – oh, bad word. You don't sit here for your participation trophies. It's great. Going to the playoffs so-and-so year. That's great. Uh, I mean, look at the Sounders. Okay, 11 years – the 12 years in the playoffs. That's great. But at least they have two championships, you know, to show for it. They've been four times. It would be great to have four. But there's – I mean, there's more success yeah. there. Look at, look at the Storm. Yeah, I mean, oh, my God. <laughs> four championships you know and consistent both of those teams consistent consistent winning but at least with them it's not a one and done you know the sounders fact i mean pardon me they made it to the four championships and they usually at least make it past the first round let me check the storm here but it's just it's ridiculous to be just okay with uh it's like it's almost like well not almost like because at least the cx won some of those playoff games but like with the uh the Bengals, oh, yeah. uh, and though that string of years where they would just go to the playoffs and they lose, you know, they'd go fourteen and two, twelve and four, or whatever. Well, not fourteen and two, but they'd have this great record. They'd get a high seed, and then, you know, 
it's 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 incredible to me how people are just you know okay with being complacent and just okay with it's like mediocrity you know i don't care if you make the playoffs some teams make the playoffs and they you know they're just fine being there when you've got a guy like russell wilson at least on offense just in general just take russell wilson take you know the last few years when they haven't had dk metcalf or whatever you know yeah it's i don't know it's just ridiculous to me that people are just okay with oh we made the playoffs everything's great now they don't need to do anything else you're fine it's like it's like james harrison you know i don't i'm not going to give my kids participation trophies you know, I, I, you want to get better. The hope is that you can go further than just, because that should be the bare minimum. When I'm, if I'm sitting there and I'm in that uh, front office and we're looking at the goals for this upcoming year, right? Mm-hmm. Playoffs should be the bare minimum. I'm sorry, but when you've got this football team, you've got the front office, you've got, you know, the core, well, core, you've got Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner, those two guys at minimum intact, the very least you should be hoping to achieve is playoffs. Very right. least. Absolutely. You know, so, and then like you said, with the win now guys, with getting Jamal Adams, getting Carlos Dunlap, you, you, I don't think you're trained for those guys to win the wild card. You know, uh, it just blows my mind when people are like, oh, you're not a real fan or you're a bad fan for people who are willing to criticize the team because being a, a people you know pardon me i'm trying to gather my words here when you're a fan of something you should want it to improve you know mm-hmm. when something's bad you should be able to say hey this is bad and they're like, okay you know we'll fix it and we'll work on it and we'll we'll do better so it's just incredible to me to see that and just to your point with the whole you know starting off hot they were 10 and 2 going into week 13 last year right you know and then you fall down the stairs pretty much so it's it's ridiculous and i i, I would agree with dj we well i would I, I think i'd agree with more with you if you reach the nfc championship game just because there are i i feel like and with some teams you can sort of see them being a championship team obviously and in any given sunday things could happen but like when i look at the chiefs i i really don't see what stops them from at least going to the super bowl yeah that's what's wild to me I know this isn't a Chiefs podcast, but I look at the Chiefs and I'm like, man, if I'm a Chiefs fan, if I don't win the Super Bowl, I'm kind of angry. Because that's the difference. And and you bring up a good point. It's because we have Russell Wilson. It's because we have Bobby Wagner. It's because we have Jamal Adams and Carlos Dunlap. If you told anybody that you'd have a football team with those three guys guys on it, we just take a team, we put a blank name on it, put those guys on it, you know? To your like, point. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying, like, you think about those guys, you think about who they are, and you think about who they are for they've they, who they've been for the past five years or so. Uh, I know Jamal Adams entered the league three years ago, so not so much him. But you think about who those guys are, you look at a team with who those guys with with those guys on it, and you add on DK Metcalf. Yep. And you add on guys like Quandre Diggs, uh, and Tyler Lockett, and uh, Carlos uh Hyde and Chris Carson who might not be studs that are household names DK Metcalf's a household name he's just new by now yeah um but you put those guys on the team you would expect any team with that personnel to win a Super Bowl and I think the fact that we're not doing that is ridiculous and the fact that I have hopes that we're gonna even just make it to the NFC championship and that's our ceiling 
is ridiculous, and that shows what's wrong with how this team's being and coached it, and how it it's just being go, Yeah, it goes to coaching. It's like, to me, it goes back to the Giants game and saying that we just uh, Pete Carroll doesn't recognize this game. And, the, it you know, you can't say that three games in the season. You have to come into every game prepared or Absolutely. going into that Bills game and saying, we weren't really prepared for them to pass the ball a lot. Like, stuff like that, that's on you. That yeah, is you on the see- coach. You don't see Andy Reid stepping out of the Raiders game saying, oh, well, we didn't expect him to beat our defense like that. Yeah, we weren't really prepared for that. Like, you know, it's 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 you have to hold people accountable because you can't sit and let them say, you know, just that that's what to me, you know, this BS about being a true fan. Being a true fan isn't sitting there being a yes man. Oh, good. Good idea. Everything's good. Everything's great. No, people. The only way that people improve or well, not the only way, but a big way that improvement comes about is criticism and saying, oh, you shouldn't be doing this or this didn't work. Let's try this. You, know, you got to be able like to I'm learn saying, from your mistakes. I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not saying this football team is bad. I'm not saying that Pete Carroll's, I don't know. I'm, I'm probably a little lighter on Pete Carroll than like Evan Hill is. Um, yeah. But I just, there has to be some fundamental changes. Hey, Ken Norton is a great example of this. Dude's turned around his defensive season. It helps that we've played the Jets, the Giants, and the uh, uh, football team. (laughs) I almost said it again. Um, But, yeah, so that helps, duh. Mm -hmm. But also, you're playing, you're going to be playing the Rams and the Niners soon. That'll be a true test. I mean, I guess we started to see it in that Cardinals game that we won, which was a shocker to me. Uh, if you listen back to that podcast, which I did after we won, I was pretty fatalistic. <laughs> I was like, we're going to lose. It's not even going to be close. It's going to be a hard game to watch all all four quarters, but we ended up winning. Uh, so there's that. Um, but just to return to the point, the reason, like you said, that it is easy to criticize this football team is because you know, you like it so much. It's If you want it to be complacent and you want to just sit there and say, oh, this is fine, I don't know. You, you start to slip into the, I don't even know, what do you want from the team? Isn't like half the reason you watch this sport is to win a championship? Pretty much. Like, sure, there's the personalities of guys in the field that you love, and I don't know, Russell, it like almost feels like he's a family member because I've been watching him for the past, I don't know, eight <laughs> years. Um, but... There's also just the fact that, hey, if your family member sucks at what they do, you're going to get kind of pissed. Um, not to say Russell does, but maybe Pete Carroll a little bit now. I also think that if this was like, if we were, let's just say alternate universe, we're a Browns podcast, I'm hyped. Yeah. I might think, yeah. yeah, we won't make it very deep in the playoffs, but we're there. Like, we're pretty much in the playoffs this year, no matter what, if I'm a Browns fan. They parent. could technically win the division. They could win the division now that the Steelers have kind of uh, crapped Peter the bed off. a little bit. Um, it's possible, which is wild to me, by the way. Oh, yeah. Um, I just think that since it's the Seahawks and you've been to the playoffs, I don't know, nine out of the ten years of the decade, Maybe not nine out of ten years. I actually nine don't of the eleven, I believe. Yeah. Um. You should uh you should really not see the playoffs as a mark of success. You kind of, in fact, if you don't make the playoffs, you should be pretty angry because that should be your benchmark. Yep. So I don't know. We're we're both saying the same thing together. 
basically right i mean it just it, it yeah like take the situation obviously for the browns it's like hey you know this is something we haven't achieved in a bit this is great you know regardless i don't think we're gonna necessarily win the super bowl or get there but hey this is a start you know because kevin stefanski first year baker mayfield sort of uh, he's been off and on but you know but like the point is the situation maybe this year's the start of his consistency yeah and so on and nick so tubbs forth. going well and i don't know if they keep kareem hot well you know i don't know but the point is the situation. But when, like you said, when you've made the playoffs for how many years, you and you've got the one Super Bowl uh, win and the one Super Bowl loss, both of those back to back, you haven't been back since. You haven't even made conference championship since. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, you know, what do we need to do to get back? Not, hey, we made the playoffs again. Yay! You know, it's 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 just incredible to me to you know. The, I get really upset at the casual fan stuff. I'm not really happy with, oh, this is, uh, we made the playoffs. Why are you mad? You're spoiled. Like, no, a, I want to see such consistency. A, it's such a cold oh, day. No, not consistent. Yeah, it's just thing. ridiculous. I'm sorry, but generally those people don't really, I don't know if they've played the game or they just really sort of understand, you know, it's just, I don't know. And, like, don't and get to me, me wrong. That goes for anything in life. You know, I want to get better. I don't like sitting and being the same version. I want to improve and see how I can get better, you know? And, and like, you'd think this team's mindset, I know we haven't even gone to, like, game analysis yet, but this is kind of game analysis in, in a way. Because, uh, I mean, but when you look at games, I, I just hate to keep going back to this game because it was such a shitty game. Oh, well, darn, there it is. We've been now doing I have so to well. put the explicit warning we keep, on. We were like, we were doing pretty good avoiding it, and I just goofed it. Um, but you look at the Giants game, which was a, I mean, if you want to look <sighs> at the reason anybody gets fired this year, you're going to circle that game. The game where Shaq Griffin comes out, says, yeah, we weren't ready, which, wow. Yeah, to that too. I almost media. forgot about that. To admit uh, that to the media is absolutely crazy. Um, so you have a game like that, and then you have a game like the Rams game two weeks prior, three weeks prior, I don't know. Um, it's just undeniable that there's something wrong with the team. And if you look at games like today or yesterday and go, well, look, they, they beat this team, or you look at the Jets game, well, look, you beat the Jets 40 to three. Okay, great, but you didn't win the Giants. It, it, like they don't cancel each other out. Exactly. Yeah. So to me, so many people are pointing at these wins, saying, "Well, at least be grateful for this win." No, I want to be grateful for the Giants game win, which we should have won. We yeah, shouldn't have ever lost yeah, that game by because five. Because when I sit down after the season or after the regular season, I don't look at, "Oh, we beat the so and so." It's like no, I look at who we should have beat because I think. Exactly. Outside of outside of the Bills game, probably because that game probably I don't know if we could have won that game with how that went. Outside of the Bills game, we probably should have won those games we lost. I'm not saying that this team is incredibly perfect, but the chance was there to win that game, and you probably should have won that game. Is my point? You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's funny because we might end up at 12 and four, which is kind of where I thought we'd. In fact, I think that's where I pinned us. Um, 12 and four seems like a stretch because we'd have to win twice in a row we'd have to beat the rams and the the niners to close out the season which uh i mean not impossible could happen i think it could i think there's a good chance that we could um 
However, I think like this twelve and four is a is a paltry twelve and four. It with how we played for the first five weeks of the season, we should have been like thirteen and three, something like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We should. I know that's only adding one win. We should have been like. 14 and 2 or something like that. I don't think we're a 16 and 0 or a 15 and 1 team. But the games we lost, like you said, to your point, were stupid ways to lose a football game. So, I don't know. I I have a really hard time with people saying just be happy for the wins. Yep, it's just not going to fly with me. Cuz the wins the wins are great, but look at the games we lost and try to try to sort out why you lost them. Yeah. You go. It's not like we lost those games against the Rams and Cardinals and Giants in like blowout fashion. We didn't get blown out. Those were games that were attainable. Right. So just uh, yeah. you know, that's 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 Chuck's point. Chuck and Bennett's point on uh, not getting comfortable uh, with mediocrity. Um, so sort of an issue with some of these games. I know I keep, this is like a repetitive question and just kind of to have it be repetitive is annoying to me, but uh, is, uh, is the offense an issue going forward just because obviously Carlos Hyde, big 50 yard run for the right. touchdown into that third quarter. But outside of that, like from what I followed, there wasn't, I think I watched in the replay that Deron Payne got a pick, but it was kind of tipped. And I don't really know if I blame that one too much, but it, the, the point is the offense and the offense scored, I think 10 points. No, mm-hmm. seven points uh, in the second half. So uh, should I – because this this is a thing. I think even Pete Carroll said he wasn't concerned with the offense after that. And part of the theory is that, you know, we're in week – technically now we're in week 16, right? right. Uh, and the team might be holding back stuff. They're playing possum just so they don't reveal anything. But I don't know. I always wasn't really happy with that. Should Should there be concern again for the offense? Because, I mean – it was great that they didn't allow a sack to this Washington team that's got an incredible pass rush and Chase Young, who I think is uh, part of something that Ron Rivera and Washington are going to do something big in Washington. I think they're going to be a pretty solid team going forward, depending on uh, how they do in free agency and all that in the front office with, uh, I don't like their owner. I really don't like their owner. Um, but anyway, they held them up to no, no sacks, but 121 yards passing uh, and a pick to obviously the touchdown is there, but the point I'm trying to point out that he, you know, he hasn't been the same for a bit. And obviously even Chris Carson didn't top a hundred, obviously they had more than a hundred yards rushing in total, but I mean, should, should there be concern for this offense? Um, immense concern, honestly. Uh, oh, and then to add on, you play a defense in the Rams next week. Who's could technically, well, not technically could be, one of the best defenses in the league. I'd say like top two, top three. Right. Right up there with like, I don't know, uh, Pittsburgh maybe. Uh, like first half Pittsburgh, I guess. Yeah, first half Pittsburgh. They've dissolved. The Bills had a good, decent defense this year, but not that great. But anyways, um, yeah, no, events concern. I think you should have. Ooh, events concern. Yoda. should have. Um, just because... There, there's a ridiculous amount of talent on the offense. This feels like I'm saying the same thing I said about the defense for the first ten games of the season. Um, but you have a immense amount of talent on the offense. 
I don't know what's going on with him. Russell looks like he's playing coy. I mean, last week it looked like Russell Wilson again, but again, that was the Jets. Um, this game he looked like friggin' I don't know, Jake Locker. <laughs> uh, that one interception, I actually don't fault on him. Uh, it was a good pick. Um, good play by the defense. Sometimes that type of stuff happens and you can't really do anything about it. Uh, especially how the pick happened. I don't know if you saw it. It was tipped up in the air by Slay. Huh? Not Slay. What's his name? Leonard Slay. Right? Is his name? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, he, he tipped it up and then the linebacker came down with it. It was a pretty classic pick drill or uh tip. Drill. Oh yeah. 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 That's right. I did see. Yeah. It, I don't know. I don't know. I never saw like an all 22 of where he was going, but it kind of just looked like it got tipped tip up in the air and it was like, yeah. oh crap, somebody knocked this down. And this is going to be a pick. Um, and if you look at it, if you look at the angles, I think Carlos, either was Carlos Hyde or Chris Carson was open in the flat. Um, pretty uh, easy mistake to make. I mean, you want your quarterback to kind of see that there's a guy coming out of his periphery and he might be able to swat, uh, swat it. But, I mean, at the end of the day, any quarterback could have done that and it would have been like, okay, fair play, whatever, good job defense. So I'm not worried about the pick. What I am worried about is the lack of production otherwise. Mm. We had that one pretty decent toss to uh, Hollister that it was a dart. It was a, actually a pretty amazing throw. Um classic russell wilson throw throwing it in a window that wouldn't be there if you're another quarterback deshaun watson would have throw a pick there i don't know like anybody you know anybody who's on that layer right below the elite wouldn't have been able to make that pass you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like aaron Rodgers, tom brady drew Brees, russell wilson josh allen can make that throw but outside of those five what about patrick mahomes i said him didn't i oh did you i don't know i don't remember hearing mahomes too um because he is the best quarterback in the league don't at me uh lamar jackson would throw a pick there no doubt uh because it was like it was it was almost the same positioning as super bowl 43 i know we don't talk or 49 i know we don't talk about it oh no it was like the same positioning like hollister was like linked up with the guy in the middle of the end oh okay yeah and uh russell like threw it in between them and somehow hollister came away with it so great play by him but outside of that, I'm really concerned for the offense because we're starting to shy away from the DK spam in a way. And then when we do go towards the DK spam, which is what I'm calling our strategy where we only throw to DK Metcalf, you could have figured that out. Um, it, uh, we've, been, we've been doing it wrong. <laughs> we, we do it when it doesn't work. And yeah. when we don't do it, it's when he's open like all the time. And it's like, what are you doing? I don't know if that's on Russell. I don't know if that's on Shoddy. But either way, uh, you got to fix it. Because um, DK Metcalf's your best player on the offense outside of Russell Wilson, honestly. Like, without a doubt. He's your best deep threat. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of seeing these first down bubble screens with David Moore. What is that? <laughs> what are you doing? Hey, I know David Moore is good. Don't get me wrong. I'm probably his biggest fan. Um, but what do you why stop that you're he's not gonna he's not gonna bust a 40 yard screen he never has in fact hey the only other person who's had success on screens is dk metcalf so i'm getting angry again just because it's so dumb how he manages offense 
sometimes we just don't use our tools the right way. Yeah. It's like we're trying to use a hammer where we should be using a wrench. Like, <laughs> and, and put okay. the uh, circle black in the square black hole. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like having Tyler Lockett <laughs> on the screen or Tyler Lockett on a slant, like a short slant, that works for me because he's like the Michael Thomas prototype. Where you, or did I get that right? Yeah, uh, where you yeah. can just use him like that. But DK Metcalf's not that guy. DK Metcalf's a guy you want to spread out wide, and I get sometimes it's nice to have him on a slant because that's sometimes a guaranteed first down. Big but buddy. Also. Yeah, because he has that really amazing skill where he can block out the corner and just get the ball into his chest area, which is, I mean, pretty standard wide receiver procedure, but he just does it in a way that's supremely effective. We love DK here. And you just look at some of the times where we throw to David Moore, which is, again, I guess maybe Russell Wilson, or you do a check down to like a a running back who's three yards away and he kind of just falls over, or he drops it, and it's like... Good Carson. Chris Carson, brick hands. Um, God. Well, and then to be fair, Carlos Hyde dropped an easy first down in that game, I remember. He did have a pretty easy first down that went, like, it didn't even, even drop it, like sailed by his face. Wee! I was like, what are you doing, Carlos? Um, but again, this all goes back to this is the worry of the offense is utilizing the players incorrectly. Yeah. DK Metcalf honestly should be able to break 50 yards every game, he should get targets not in the double digits but maybe in like the seven and eights because he, he he's your best player on your offense you guys i can't make an any more impassioned plea to use him because there's no reason you shouldn't be i don't know what how do you feel i mean like this is all very one-sided but no i i agree with the uh, utilization of talent part because my next thing was going to be seeing Russell run the ball more, uh, which is only part of my issue. But it, it, the main, main the main thing is utilization of talent, right? And I I really hate. Oh, Russell's gotten fatter. He's added a, a dad belly. Blah blah. We had like a what a thirty seven yard run. Yeah, thirty eight yard run. He jumped some dude out of his freaking cleats. I'm like, right, literally. Run the ball. We saw Ryan Finley. Ryan Finley, a short, not short, a slow. You know. He's not. He's not Russell Wilson. Is my point. No. He he can run the ball. So what happened to the 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 zone read? I don't care if it's not 2012 and nobody's. Is, we're not. You know, RG three and all these guys aren't doing it. Right. It's, it could it could be used here and there. You know, or at least get him to run the ball more. If we go back to that Rams game a few weeks ago where he who could have ran it, but he threw it to Will Disley instead, who was whoopsies. There was a safety over top, but you know, he could have ran it for like 20 yards and got a first down. I, I don't know. They just gotten away from running the ball. He can run the ball. We mm-hmm. he he's not slow now. I'm not gonna say he's slow now. You know, there are a lot of the times where it's pretty obvious that because it, it doesn't happen anymore. So people don't, the defenses don't look for it. You know, um, so when Chris Carson gets this stupid halfback dive up the middle on third and one, why don't you let him have that option to keep it? Why is it not there? And then with the to go back to the David Moore part because you know, David Moore has his moments, but mm-hmm. uh, throwing him these screens really isn't the thing. And I, I just I see these different offenses across the board in the league, and I wonder why don't we do so many times? I go, why don't we do this? Why don't, why we, don't do we do that? Huh? You know, like this the sweeps, the jet sweeps. I like that was a thing when we had Percy Harvin, 
Uh, I have mixed feelings on Percy Harvin. That's for another day. But um, DK Metcalf, not slow. Tyler Lockett, not, not slow. slow. You know, <laughs> just different things. Uh, you know, it's just weird, you know, with some of the ways that they use these guys to go back to the Giants game, like you were saying with the dump offs, you know, when it's late in the game and we need big plays. Russell's throwing these little check downs to Chris Carson or right over the middle for five yards. And that's great and all, but you know, you're just getting check downs. It's like, this is, this is an issue that comes with calling the plays. I mean, you know, utilizing the offensive talent you've got, it just confuses me, you know, what you were doing earlier in the year or even last year at some points with these wide receivers. And now we haven't really had too big of a play. Well, I guess, the closest one would be the Eagles game when he had a big hitter to DK down the field. But, you know, in the, in recent weeks, it's just, you know, I don't want to just be like, Oh, offense, no big score. Me sad. But you know, it's just kind of confusing because you're going to see the Rams next week. Even if I just messed with the 2020 NFL playoff machine, uh, if everything goes out the way I planned it, uh, we'd look at a Green Bay with a first round bye, and then we would be the third seed with visiting uh, with having Los Angeles play us. So you could play that defense three times this year, right? You know, and they're they're a pretty good defense. Um, even even Washington and this D line, if we have to play them again, I'm sure they're not going to be happy about not getting a sack, right? In that game, so it's just yeah, uh, uh, you know, it's just like you said, utilization of talent. It's really weird because it's like, you know, if we had Peyton Manning at quarterback, I understand not running the ball with him, but Mm -hmm. it's Russell Wilson. So, you know, I'm not saying you have to run the whole game with him, but to have the option there so defenses have to prepare for it. You got to keep them on their toes sometimes. And when you've got a guy like DK Metcalf, like you said, him sitting there and getting maybe, you know, not necessarily being a centerpiece to this offense is kind of confusing because he's got that potential and it's his second year for Christ's sake. Pardon my language. Holy father. Um, You know, even Tyler Lockett, who's dipped in production in recent weeks, he's no slouch either, you know? So it's just, it's confusing. And uh, having David, David, pardon my soul, Josh Gordon back this week. um, Hopefully, I don't know. He's still got to go through a week of practice. He's officially rejoining the team this Monday, which I've spoiled part of the episode, but I feel like people already knew that. Um, I don't know. I hope he, he can add another thing where you have to uh, prepare for those three receivers, but that's, that's the thing. Will you use them all right? And, you know, haven't necessarily seen that. So uh, something that you, I think this is going to be an easy answer uh, that we already kind of touched on uh, is Ken Norton's job safe next year. And I'm saying this now we've got to be careful because I don't mean it by do you and me think so because personally right. I don't and I think you'd agree with that. Right. But in Keith Pete Carroll's land of chewing gum and Air Monarch shoes, <laughs> he's very loyal to his assistant coaches and his coaches. And I say that because we had Daryl Bevel for I don't God knows how long, mm-hmm. even after he's he proved to be a screw up, at least to everybody else outside of the front office. Um so do you do you think he's back next year? Um yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, I think realistically he's gonna be back next year and everybody's gonna be a big hoopla. But if I look at it realistically and I realize how long Daryl Bevel was this was with this organization, 
you know, after we've seen repeated failure with him utilizing talent, you know, it's just like, well, I, I don't have too much hope for saying, hey, buddy, you know, you can coach linebackers, but you can't coach a defense. And that's pretty damn obvious. Yeah, it doesn't inspire confidence in me. No. I, you know, he's like a weird, he's a weird case because mm. you look at half of him. You look at half of this season, not half of him. I don't know why you look at half of a person. But you look at half of this season, uh, particularly the latter half, maybe, I guess, week seven onwards, and you think, yeah, okay, not too bad, actually. No, no, I guess not week seven. Recently. (laughs) Um, Recently, he's been doing okay. But to a Seattle fan, that shouldn't mean you should keep him. That to me means you should, he should be consistent the whole year. He should be. And the fact that fans will look at that and say, well, this is why he should stay. This is why you're complaining too much. Or at least maybe Pete Carroll will look at it like that because I don't know, that's how Pete Carroll is. Uh, That to me is unreasonable. And it's kind of angering that we do that all the time. This whole, oh, you know how it is. Like, we got to stay loyal and, like, give these guys chances. No. Why? Why he shouldn't we? his chance to be a D coordinator in the NFL. The Raiders saw that. Didn't work. And they got rid of him. So, if, you know. if the Raiders got rid of him, why are we, why are we have him? So, you know, I have no quarrels with him as a linebacker coach. But as uh, Colin, Colin defense, you know, I... I I don't know. So unfortunately, yes, I do think he has his job next year. Yeah. Hey, that's kind of mean. I don't want Well, to I mean, like I said, I have no problem with him being the linebacker coach. Go yeah, ahead. I don't, I don't want him to, like, not have a job. That's mean. <laughs> but I don't want him to be our defensive coordinator. No. Because he's not very good at it. It's pretty apparent that he's not very good at it either. Um, I think he's just, he's, he's a good linebacker coach. And I think that actually reflects in our linebackers this season. I know he's not their specific coordinator, but he oversees it. So like, it's not, shouldn't be surprised that KJ Wright, Bobby Wagner and Jordan Brooks are all having pretty decent years. But on the other hand, he's doing a really poor job of the secondary. He's doing a really poor job of the line. Um, with who the line who without Carlos Dunlap we would just have an absolutely nothing line. So, I don't think it should be safe. I think it is safe. Um, Pete Carroll, as you said, is an extremely loyal coach to his under coaches. I don't know what you call that. His employees, I guess. Um, coordinators, I guess. Coordinators, yeah. <clears throat> I guess is what you said earlier, and that makes sense. Um. I think but I said some, assistance. Sometimes it just uh, feels like he's too loyal. Hey, yeah. and listen, Shoddy is like a melody in my head and on the field. I think okay. he does a good job. I think he's actually like within the last couple. Of, uh, well, at least he's, excuse me, shown improvement over his right. year. You know, I don't know about Mr. Ken. Ken Norton has not done much growth. <laughs> We've just looked pretty <laughs> mediocre. The growth isn't. Pretty there. mediocre over the last couple of years. And this year's no different. Um, 
So to me, that spells out that he shouldn't really be on the team anymore. Um, actually, maybe he should still be on the team. Just maybe as like a coordinator, like you said, and not a coordinator. Uh, uh, what, what do we just call him? An assistant. God. Um, coordinator. Coordinator. I don't know. Why I said it like that. Um. That I just to me again I think it, it it's starting to get ridiculous to to have him on the team and to have him not uh to not change anything as he goes on so so all in all Ken Norton probably back next year um offensive and defensive MVPs I I went with uh, Chris Carson on offense um. Just because, at least in some of the things that I saw him run the ball, he did a good job running the ball. He looked more like himself, I guess. Uh, I'm Russell's kind of on my S H I T word list just because he's I don't know, don't know what's going on there. Neither do I. Um, but yeah, that's why I went with uh, Mr. Oklahoma State alum uh, Christopher Carson. Oh God, I don't even know who to give it on offense. <laughs> I'm gonna give it. I'll give it. This is stupid. I'll give it to Carlos Hyde. I mean, well, I mean, big touchdown is uh, longest touchdown of the year for a running back, for a rushing person. Period. Good game for him. I mean, he only ran it twice, but he got 55 yards and a TD. So you can't really be too angry with him. Just a good game for him. I'm happy with his production. He's a good running back. I wish we gave him the ball more. Um, <sighs> Because Chris Carson is like not that good anymore. I'm I hate to say it, but ever since he's returned from the injury, he's been kind of lackluster. Uh, that touchdown against the Eagles maybe was pretty wild, where he played pinball. I don't know, even against the Giants, I think. Um, pretty wild, good touchdown. Um, other than that, pretty lackluster return for supposedly our RB one, who are supposed to play uh, pay RB one money, which uh, I don't think we should. Uh, defensive MVP, go ahead. Um, I'm gonna steal yours and give it to DJ Reed. Uh, I would mm, somebody who I want to mention because he he wouldn't normally go. He was going under the radar. Uh, in at least the format that I have for this year's stats and stuff, uh, oh. is Alton Robinson, rookie oh, okay. defensive end, who had a very high pro football focus grade. He had a 90, 90 something grade. Um, and that's considered elite. So you know. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, he doesn't get as much playing time as I would hope just because of how porous this line has been. And I'd like to see him get more chances. Uh, but he's uh, he in, the, in his in his playing time that he's gotten, he's played well. So Alton Robinson should be uh, getting more playing time. But DJ Reed has, I mean, you could go on about DJ Reed with uh, being picked up off of a Niners team that basically didn't want him on waivers and coming in and filling in for our lovely assortment of cornerbacks, who I will not mention because I know a certain one is not Bennett's favorite. Um, but he's he's played and he's he's you know he's played to earn that starter role, and I think he earns that starter role. Uh, and Pete Carroll said that you know one of the things that I'm okay with him saying, uh, Pete Carroll says said that it's basically DJ Reed's job, even when Trey Flowers and Quinn Dunbar come back from injury, so. DJ Reed played an amazing game, uh, and he he earned it. 
Yeah, I uh, I just read an article right before recording about um, how he is basically playing for playing for the starting role over the corner who should not be named um, over Trey Flowers. Uh, he deserves it, and over Dunbar, who I also don't really care for. There is the there, okay, so yeah, DJ reads my defensive MVP, and I know I don't know if this was in our notes, um, but there is a topic of what we're gonna do with corner next season. This might be more of a week sixteen question, mm. uh, week seventeen question, I should say, just because you know that's when the season ends. To, but you kind of have to ask the question now with the resurgence of DJ Reed and the play of Quentin Dunbar being kind of mediocre throughout the season. How much do we need Shaquille Griffin? You know what I mean? Because, mm. like, and that's mm. it's a it's touchy for me because, uh, how many years in is he? Four, he, he's well, the point is, he's, re- he's relatively young, yeah, and he can improve and he's had his moments, and I, I think you should re sign him, but. I'm not giving him incredible money. I'm saying, hey, you know, give him maybe two or three years uh, on decent money. And like, hey, if you're better after that, right. if you've shown improvement, go ahead. We'll give you some bigger, some better. Magic time, money, money. Uh, Jerry Maguire, show me the money. But right now, I wouldn't see anything past two to three years in the extension. And obviously not incredible money. It's... Uh, and then to, 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 to go back to the cornerback conversation, um, as I mentioned a few years, a few years, a few weeks ago, I, I would not be opposed to seeing Richard Sherman resign with the Seahawks. Ooh, that was, a, was that a week where I was here? I don't remember. I must have not been because I don't agree with you. It was a few weeks ago when he even Richard, Richard Sherman himself said that he did not believe he was going to resign with the 49ers. Uh, just because of how things were going. I don't oh, know what shit. that means. I might what? have said I agree with that a couple weeks ago, but now that I've sat on it more, I really don't like that. Hmm. What's the point? He's like, okay, at this point, he's not as good as Shaquille Griffin because he's old. And I get that his game hasn't always been his speed and position, or his speed. It's been more so about his football IQ and how he positions himself against the receiver. Ah, he's not... He's injury prone, and last year during the Super Bowl run, he was their most unreliable cornerback, at least in the playoffs. So to me, that's why I'm kind of I'm hesitant for a guy like him. Just because I don't know how much we need a guy like him. Hmm. But Although, if I, I will concede one thing, if Shaq asks for incredibly large amounts of money, um, and Sherman, which I really hope he doesn't, I really hope he doesn't come out and be like, "Hey, they need to pay me." I'm like, mm. I, I am theorizing that he won't. I would think not. I would hope not. Oh God. Um. Uh, yeah, I'm theorizing that that won't happen, just because I just don't find it likely that he's that type of player i could see him taking a team contract you know what i mean like a 
I'm doing this for the team. I'll get I would hope later. so. That would be best case scenario, honestly. Because this year was supposed to be a prove me like a prove year, prove yep. himself year. Yep. I don't think he's done it. Mm-mm. And I think the best move for him, I think his agent probably knows this too, is the best thing for him is to stay in Seattle. I don't really see much other teams paying that much money for him either. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, if I'm another team, I'm not saying, hey, this guy, we need to be, go get into a bidding war for this guy. No. Like maybe a franchise like the, how like Jacksonville, but they have kind of okay corners. Well, not really anymore because they got rid of all of them. But like I can't see the 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 Dolphins, the Jets, or like the Giants making a move on him because they have so many other needs they need to fulfill first. You know, so it's like I don't know. Just I, I think he should stay on the team. I think he should work it out with the team. Find a contract. Yeah, I th- yeah, I agree with you on that. I think best case scenario for both sides is to uh, come to a a solid agreement and not be like not get into uh, issues with that. So I and then and then when we look at other guys, I don't know. I mean, Quentin Dunbar hasn't been fully healthy, so I can't. Mm, I don't know. I'm I'm mum on him. I can't really put a, a finger on it and just say. I'm confident on either side of whether or not they'll bring him back next year. I mean, there was a thing uh, I read about his knee that there's going to be some issue that needs to be taken care of with it in the off season, which isn't exactly hopeful or helpful. Um, but I don't know. I can't, I can't put a solid, uh, said that Quentin Dunbar is way ahead of where he was when he was sidelined, said his knee will need addressing this offseason, which isn't kind of a hopeful thing to say about an, uh, a knee injury, especially when you play football, of all things. So that's uh, – he's such a savvy football player, and he has great, great awareness of what we're doing. He really wants to help his team, said Pete Carroll. So I don't know. It's It'll be interesting to see what they do with that uh, in the offseason. But – I don't know. I think DJ Reed and uh, Shaquille Griffin are your guys. I think, oh, we don't have first round pick. Um, <laughs> if you're going to draft a guy and what, the, we have our third round pick. If we've got a third round pick, I'd hope it'd be used in a corner. Because, um, ooh, ah, uh, that or pass rush. And I know that's been a thing for what feels like years now, but I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that Daryl Taylor will provide a lot for this team. Obviously that his, uh, his knee situation hasn't been great. Uh, I'll just, I'll, I'll just speak on that. The team did two workouts with him in the draft process, one at the combine and one uh, when they brought him up here to Seattle to have a, uh, a workout and they were hopeful and that his knee would be healed up by around a few years ago. It was, exp- I mean, God, I keep saying years at a week. What am I on a few weeks ago? Right. Um, and now he's basically all hope for him to play this year is kind of lost. So it's really hoping it's not like a Malik McDowell situation and he never plays a snap. Uh, but outside of that, it's like, Hey, you know, what are you going to do here? Are you going to hope for big leaps out of guys again? Or do you, cause I mean, having Jamal Adams be part of the pass is great, but you can't rely on that all the time. Carlos Dunlap. Okay. Extend him. But you you want to continue to get better on that D line, so um, 
I don't know. Cornerback situation is going to be dicey, especially with some of the, uh, the extensions that need to happen this offseason. And let, let me uh, reemphasize, need to happen with at least some of them. Um, speaking of injuries, ouchie time. Uh, running back DJ Dallas sprained his ankle in this game. Nothing what? Be, yeah. That was just a sprain? Yep. Nothing broken, which oh, is interesting God. because from what I heard on the radio, it's not, people. Steve Rabel was basically talking like he died on the field. I was like, huh? So... Oh, well, I mean, I don't know if you saw it, but it did look very bad. Yeah, no, I did not see it. I I heard that they put an air cast on it, which is like almost always bad. Exactly. When they put the air cast on it, he was getting carted out. My heart sank because I was like, oh, man, that's like my favorite new guy. So So, he had so much fun. He, um, I I guess he could be back for playoffs was what I saw, but I could be very wrong. But it's, it's better than expected is the main point. Uh. Running back, Travis Homer, and I guess he's a guard now. Jamarco Jones were both placed on IR. So Travis Homer will no longer just be on the game day inactives. He's just going to move to IR. Yay. Uh, Mikey Potty has a stinger. Uh, There's no update on his status going forward, so Jordan Simmons will fill in for him going forward. That's not great. Uh, I don't know. Mikey Potty's been on and off uh, injury, so kind of interesting to see that. Um. Team notes, Roger Goodell is in favor of a two-game preseason, while an owner group featuring Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones dismissed the idea. Uh, the NFL delayed talks on a 17-game sis, uh, season. On Wednesday, owners around the league opted to push any decision back until early 2021. But then on Sunday, it was announced that the vote, a vote to change the schedule to 17 games would pass and could go into effect as soon as 2021. What are your thoughts on 17-game season? Um, well, okay. So that would, what, that would bump it up to 18 weeks total and Mm -hmm. extra the bye weeks. So, so on and so forth. I honestly, I, I'm pretty hazy on why they're doing it to begin with. Probably revenue. I, yeah, money. And I'm sure they paste it on some other issue. They were like, well, no, cause this would help with the seating and blah, blah, blah. I don't care. That's how they'll pin it. Yeah it's like hey i get it you guys just went through a pandemic it's hard to make money in a pandemic you need you more money money. um not saying that the nfl needs more money because they don't, don't but saying that this makes sense as to why they're doing it and some other leagues are supposedly pulling other things to make more money whatever um i think the NFL, they need to continue to have the players' health, which they often don't, at the best interest. They say they do. They say they do, but they don't. Not really. And honestly, if they really did, there wouldn't be a season this semester, this year. Don't know why I said semester. Um, (laughs) Full time. Full time. Um, there's there's been very obvious things where the league doesn't really care about their health the light punishment for team doctors that screw up the uh, <laughs> i mean the lack of advancement with like concussion protocol and then they put out these very performative rules that actually just disrupt the flow of football games uh i.e kj Wright's um <laughs> terrible uh terrible terrible um penalty i don't know if you saw it but that it was kind of weird. Terry McLaurin was like falling 
and KJ Wright was falling, but Terry McLaurin like dove with his head to get like some more yeah, yards. Yeah, that's something like... that I never understand, and that sort of thing gets called a lot where somebody's like aiming their head down, which is kind of dumb. Um, and then somebody else will just try to make a tackle on him, but in game in real game time, you don't have the time to say, "Oh shoot, this guy's head's going down. I Absolutely. have to move." Like, and I saw a tweet that said a lot of uh, NFL refs should be, there should be more like guys who play defense as NFL refs just so they understand, you know, the the movements. Because I don't know, it just seems like with a lot of, well, yeah, a lot of these calls, it's like, oh, uh, you shouldn't hit his head like that. It's like, well, what do you want me to do, dude? How is he supposed to, like, to me, the biggest thing was like, well, how did you want him to tackle? Him? Yeah, it's like, what, you know, you want me to kick him? I don't know. Like, he was diving at KJ's, like... If KJ just stood there, he would have hit him right in the knees. Ooh, yeah. He, <laughs> that would have been uh, torn torn everything right there. Which would have just destroyed KJ Wright's entire career, probably. Yeah. he's an old man. Um, he's an old man who can kick my ass, but, like, he's an old man. So, so yeah, just the idea that uh, health is a very serious issue to them is pretty laughable. Pretty laughable. So, 17 games dumb don't like it what are you doing you're more injuries first off will happen and, ooh i don't uh, i'm not exactly happy with uh, just listening to owners for everything because players yeah. drive this league the player so, association should also probably have a pretty big say in how this yeah. works so and i think they talked about it last year and the players association said no yeah they did yeah i for, forgot about that they I think they, richard they, sherman was part of that so i don't know that's hmm, kind of questionable and i'm sure sure i'm sure there will be uproar uh when that happens there should be um and then something else to speak of in uh health as you mentioned uh the nfl will prohibit mandatory local bubbles during the postseason uh, it will allow teams to house players in a hotel on a voluntary basis. So basically saying, eh, uh, no, go ahead, do what you want. But health is a premium for the league. Yes. So I don't know. Just uh, you could hear my head smack. Um, I think when I talked about it last week, I mentioned how uh, Roger Goodell basically said that there's not going to be any sort of bubble for the postseason. I was like, Why? Just because, I mean, you'd figure when you see an incident like with uh, uh, Baltimore and all that happened, obviously that was, well, not even one of a kind. Tennessee had an issue a few weeks, you know, early in the off, early in the season. So it, it's 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 pretty evident that you know, despite the fact that the vaccine's coming out and you know, regular people shouldn't really get it. Well, eh, that's an issue. Uh, but you know, the point is that you know these outbreaks aren't really done with necessarily and it's not like you know the pandemic's over here you get to be like okay you know go ahead do what you want you know so it's it's weird to me that the nfl is like no we don't need to do this you know i don't know it's just kind of bizarre you know i thought the the nba bubble went pretty dang well so i don't get what the opposition to it is um interestingly enough the washington football team who we played just this week uh, well, last week signed linebacker Michael Kendricks off of our practice squad. So, see you later, Michael. Hopefully, those guys in DC can help you with your uh, insider trading. Uh, Josh Gordon agreed to reinstate reinstatement terms and will join, rejoin the team today on Monday. Uh, and he is eligible to play versus the Rams. He was added to the 53-man roster. 
Uh, and in response, the team waived wide receiver Penny Hart. So there will be no trick play featuring both Penny Hart and Rashad Penny. Penny for your thoughts. Yeah, so that 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 won't happen unless he gets brought back, which he might. I don't know. He was on the practice squad last year. so Probably will Hart. be on the practice squad. I've, I've been reading that. Yeah. Um. Pro Bowl, which will be digital this year. Oh, well, vir- virtu- <laughs> hey, virtual? Doc, virtual? I don't know if we've talked about this yet. I think that's so dumb. It's Because uh, I thought about it, and I thought about it in actual game terms, and I was like, wait, they're going to play it on a stupid video game. Yeah. Um, hopefully we're not in it, but you know, probably will. Uh, Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Bobby Wagner, Quandre, Quandre Diggs, uh, kind of surprising, and Nick Bellore, all top of their positions in Pro Bowl voting. Uh, and then guys who weren't top of their positions but did make the Pro Bowl roster were Jamal Adams and Tyler Ott. Uh, Tyler Ott's obviously well, the good for Tyler Ott. So, yeah, first-year Pro Bowler. Uh, everybody uh, pour one out for Tyler Ott today. Uh, I really don't have any coronavirus updates. Uh, phone kind of was numb on that outside of the bubble thing, which I kind of included just because it was a statement more like an, than an outbreak or anything. Uh, looking ahead, the team sits at 10-4 and four right now, which, as we mentioned earlier, is probably great to some people, but others would like to see it better. Uh, first in the NFC West, after the Los Angeles Rams and their ugly bone uniforms lost to the New York Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Uh, so the Seahawks are now first in the NFC West and now hold the number three seed in the NFC. Uh, and they play the LA Rams in their ugly bone uniforms at 125 Pacific time on Fox at home. No idea who's calling the game yet. Uh, that doesn't really matter in terms of, uh, I don't know how many people care about that, but I tend to hate bad announcers. Uh, Seattle Mariners news. There's actually a decent amount today. Uh, the 2021 season may be delayed. Um, executives and owners from the MLB want to see players vaccinated before spring training, which is, uh, which could delay the season until May. Uh, the season could start around Memorial day, depending on the pandemic, uh, obviously with the virus spread and the vaccine rollout, this one's pretty big and it was pretty cool to see, uh, should have happened a long time ago, but the NFL corrected it. I mean, NFL, ah, MLB corrected itself, uh, to recognize Negro leagues as a major league. Uh, in a statement, they said they were correcting a long-time oversight and it will count the statistics and records of its 3,400 players as part of its history. Uh, just weird that it didn't happen earlier. I remember a few years ago, the Mariners had a day uh, celebrating the Negro League affiliate and uh, they made money off of it. There was uh, merchandise for sale with the logo and stuff. I believe it was Steelheads. Pardon me? I think I was there for that game. Yeah, Seattle Steelheads. Um, so yeah. I don't know, just kind of weird that that didn't happen earlier. Uh, obviously, it's great that it's, it happened at all, but it, the point is, it should happen earlier. Um, MLB payroll, interesting to talk about after we just talked about leagues making money. Uh, the MLB payroll dropped to 1.75 billion following the pandemic. It dropped from previously being 4.2 billion. So. Interesting to see how that goes. Um, and then a couple of team moves. The team acquired right-handed pitcher Rafael Montero in a trade and signed relief pitcher Kenyon Middleton in free agency. So working on that bullpen, uh, sort of interesting to see what they do this year. I'm thinking personally, I've said it uh, throughout the season and through the offseason, I believe that this team is one or two years away from reaching the playoffs just because of what I've seen from the young guys. But you know, we'll see. Um, I'm not going to sit here and complain about the playoffs. Um, I do not have any Seattle Sanders news after that uh, loss. 
I do have some basketball news, though, that I was going to surprise, but Bennett told me that he knew about it anyway. Uh, Commissioner of the NBA, Adam Silver, said the league has considered the idea of expanding the NBA beyond 30 teams. Uh, Take that as you will. Um, Obviously, at least everybody in Seattle should think that we deserve a team, which we do. Uh, But, you know, that's all something that, you know, will be handled in due time. Um, obviously it's taken longer than it needs to, but you know, it probably won't happen, uh, at least this year, maybe next year. Just, I've, I've seen it as something that helps generate revenue, uh, just cause you know, the, 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 the fee that it comes with a new franchise and all that. So that, that could be something that happens in the near future. And especially with climate, ped, climate pledge arena coming to be, uh, gives, gives the NBA something to say, Hey, they've got a new arena. Uh, this is a city and a region that, you know, obviously they know the background of it. So I, I don't really think there's any knock you could have against Seattle uh, getting an NBA team back. And I really, I don't care what anybody from Las Vegas or uh, other, uh, any, I don't remember any other uh, candidates, Las Vegas or anywhere else thinks Seattle deserves a team before anybody else. So. Take that information, what you will. Check back in like a year or two uh, to see if that happens. Um, Seattle Kraken news, not directly related to the team, but the NHL season will begin on January 13th, and it will be a 56-game season. So if you like hockey, uh, old-time hockey, uh, season begins pretty soon. And I believe that we should get an expansion draft after the season. I believe that's how it goes. I'm still learning about hockey, so give me some slack. Um, Washington Husky football news. Washington will not pursue a bowl game due to the COVID-19 outbreak, but it makes sense just because of how bad that got. It makes sense to say, Hey, we're not going to mess with it. Let's just keep our guys safe. Keep them home. Uh, so there will be no bowl game for our, uh, Huskies and that will be the season sitting at three and one technically first place in the PAC 12 North. Um, signing day though, early signing day was a, sort of a big thing i will say some things first before i get into signing days uh quarterback jacob sermon who lost the quarterback battle dylan morris uh put himself in the transfer portal uh and transferred to central michigan uh obviously losing the quarterback battle dylan morris kind of was something that probably had an influence on that as well as 2021 quarterback sam heward and his signing loom uh sam heward five-star quarterback commit so kind of a big thing um and then five-star defensive end JT, oh my God, I'm gonna butcher this. JT Tumoloa, Loa, I don't know. Do you know how to say JT's name? The guy from Eastside. Oh God, I you know I definitely did, like a a year ago. A year or two ago, yeah. No, he announced Washington as one of his top five schools. So uh, you know it'd be nice to add him uh, to go on that D line, but. Uh, obviously we don't have control over that. Uh, dude's and a he monster. Will... <laughs> hmm? I was just saying, dude's a monster. Oh yeah. No, he plays basketball too, which I got to see firsthand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he will commit in February. So that news could come up. And then uh, offensive tackle, Luke Wattenberg plans to return to Washington next year. It'll be his sixth and final season. And my favorite news, well, second fit. Well, equally, equally first favorite news, uh, coming out of signings and all that uh, three-star athlete Milton Hopkins jr. Out of Ode high school turned down multiple offers to sign with Washington as a, Ooh, I got spit on my screen 
as your preferred walk-on. Um, if you haven't checked it out, I did an interview with Milton. Uh, you know, I, I'm not like best buddies with the guy, but he, you know, from what I've seen, uh, and just being around him at school and all that, and just seeing last year's uh, run with O'Day, smart kid, hard worker, uh, and he's gonna add defense to him, so to his game. So it's uh, really cool to see that. Um, and I wish him nothing but the best. He'll fit in great with the dog pound. Um, early national signing day. Okay, here we go. 15 new signees. Um, I'm just going to read the list. Uh, running back Caleb Berry out of Texas. These don't have the stars. Dang it. Uh, Sia Asi Finawa, D-line out of Hawaii. Uh, oh, he's born in Hawaii. He's from Renton. Uh, Maurice Hames, outside linebacker, 6'6", from Germany. Uh, wow. Sam Heard, quarterback, Bellevue, Washington, out of East, uh, Kennedy Catholic, pardon me. Caden Jumper, tight end, 6'3", Inville, Washington. Will Latu, inside linebacker, Tacoma, Washington. Dyson McCutcheon, cornerback, Claremont, California. Quentin Moore, tight end, uh, Ken Moore, Washington. Vincent Nunley, safety, Oakland, California. Oh, God. Uh, Kua Pehopa, D-line, Hawaii. Uh, and then... My, as I said, equally uh, exciting first news. Uh, Owen Prentice, O-line, Seattle, Washington, O'Day High School. No kidding. Uh, so that was pretty cool. So two O'Day guys, I uh, got to see that. Uh, Zakari Speaks, cornerback, Los Angeles, California. Jabez Tenay, wide receiver, Seattle, Washington, Kennedy Catholic. Oh, my God. Um, Voy Tenufi, D-line, South Jordan, Utah. Robert Wish O-line, Capitola, California. So those were the 15 signees. Uh, and then Washington also did get a three-star defensive tackle. His first name is Sir, S-I-R. Sir nice. Mells uh, committed to Washington. So uh, I'm not – I never really got into all the signing day, signing recaps, you know, you know signing rankings, who had the best signing day, just because, you know, not every five-star pans out. But uh, definitely some cool guys on the list there. Uh, basketball uh, in men's, at least, I am going to start including women's because I almost forgot. That is my fault, and I apologize terribly for that. Women's basketball team has been a great asset to the university, and I really should not. I've just, I've just had a rough year uh, with Huskies men basketball, so I try to. Basketball hasn't been the greatest for me. Uh, well, at least the men's Husky basketball team this year. Um, and men's, oh boy, they lost to Montana 13 to 10. I mean, God, 16 to 66 to 58. Nate Roberts had 13 points and 10 rebounds. His Husky player of the game. And then on Sunday night against Colorado, they lost 92 to 69. Uh, and then bench player center Riley Sorn, who's 7 4, by the way. Had 16 points and eight rebounds. Just uh, teams, teams not having a good year. Um, uh, and at least college basketball news: NCAA granted blanket waiver to all transfers to play immediately this season. So if your favorite player had a, bl- a waiver, he's uh, no a transfer. He has been waived. Uh, and the U.S. Supreme Court will hear appeals on an antitrust case brought by student athletes against the NCAA. The proposal would require revenues sharing, uh, excuse me, guarantee lifetime scholarships and cover athletes' medical costs. So I don't actually know if that's um, 
if that's across like the entirety of college sports or that's like basketball, but uh, that's something to note. That is something to note. Uh, and women's, um, ooh, when was the last time? Okay, let's see here. Uh, in the last week, they beat number seven. Oh, no, they lost to number seven, Oregon, 73 to 49. Uh, at least their basketball team is doing better than the men's. They're four, three, four and three. Uh, their only losses have come against number two, Stanford, which is no slouch, uh, Washington State, ugh. and number seven, Oregon. And Oregon always seems to put out a good basketball team on both sides of the ball. Uh, Stanford is ah, so, um, yeah, Husky basketball hasn't been great this year. So that's all we've got for you this week. Um, it seems that outside of our Husky basketball, which hasn't been anything near good for us uh all we've got is the seahawks and as we've said there's uh there's some issues to be fixed on that that front so uh that's all huskies take on the uh, seahawks take on the rams 125 on fox at home uh probably not probably the winner of that game will take home the nfc west title more than likely um and hopefully husky basketball turns it around so that's all I've got. Um, again, if, as we say, just about every other week, it feels like uh, if you are interested in Star Wars or watch The Mandalorian, uh, Ben and I and I and Omari, our friend Omari, uh, have a podcast. I've got a bad feeling about this. Um, just had our season finale for The Mandalorian last week. So, you know, if that's a thing, check it out. Uh, Bennett, any words, advice, noises? Uh, uh. Eh? yeah. So yeah, uh, we're not in, we're not over the moon here, but you know, could be worse. So uh, thank you. Uh, happy holidays. Obviously, this year has been uh, you you've heard it throughout the year. This year has been anything short of spectacular. So hopefully, uh, the holiday season is able to bring some joy and some. Uh, semblance of just some peace because this year has been far from peaceful. So uh, happy holidays from everyone here, all three of us, even though Mari's not here with us. And uh, stay safe out there. We will see you next Tuesday. Baba Bowie.